Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. On this special day, we've got a very special guest. A lot of you have asked from the Drinking Bros Sports Companion Show for me to do a one-on-one with Dan Holloway. Not only is he the VP of Marketing for BlackRifleCoffee.com, he served this great nation overseas and killed hundreds of people. Kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that rumor got started, but we're gonna we're gonna address it here on the upcoming interview, and uh, we're gonna talk about how we we started that show together. He's a really cool, interesting guy, and I think a lot of people don't know his backstory. So you asked for it, and congratulations, you're getting it today. You're getting a one on one with Dan Holloway. Super fascinating life, and um, you're gonna hear some things that will probably shock you. If you listen to the sports show, you'll be like, oh shit, I didn't know that guy was like that. Uh, Great dude, and uh, I enjoy working with him every Wednesday for the sports show. But first, we have some sponsors who put this whole shit donkey on the air. First and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Yeah, a little BRCC for Black Friday. They got some deals over at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Take advantage of them now. Also, take advantage of our new promo code. It's Black Rifle Coffee. I'm kidding. Just just making sure you were listening. It's Drinking Bros. It's always fucking Drinking Bros. <laughs> this one is Drinking Bros 20 for 20% off. Or since Dan Holloway is on the show today, sports. Sports will also get you 20% off. Each of those are only good for a one-time use. But uh, put, them, put them to good use on Black Friday. I would highly recommend using them on the Coffee Club of the Month program. They ship to your house on the same date of, of the month, every single month, and they never fucking miss. Um, they got K-Cups, bags, and some of the finest apparel in the land. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS20 or SPORTS for 20% off. One-time use. You better fucking stock up now. Next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strike Force isn't new to this. They're true to this. And for the holiday season, you don't need those cans taken up the second fridge. Your wife hates that shit. Get, get, get some Strike Force. Look, everybody's drinking over the holidays. Everybody's more than likely having energy drinks with it. Kick the can. Get rid of Monster, Red Bull, all that shit. Get some Strike Force in you. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. They got four amazing flavors lemon, original, make America grape again, and orange. Which is, I believe, French for orange. Just guessing there. They get a 10-pack, a 40-pack, and a 750-milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop so you can boom, boom. Pop a couple squirts in and go. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off, and that's good every time. And they ship everywhere in the entire world. And I also love their subscription of the month. Uh, Next up, we've got GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. How do I love GhostBed? Let me count the ways. One, just one. It's, it's their Black Friday deals. This is the, the best deal they've ever given away. They're giving $800 off a bundle package. Yeah, $799. I think their mattresses are $300 off. Um, the mattress and sheets are $500 off. This is exclusive to Drinking Bros listeners only. Go to GhostBed.com. 
forward slash drinking bros and get on get in on these Black Friday deals. This is a, a look, this is a big purchase item, a mattress. So if you and your wife or your husband are looking to get, you know, each other the same gifts and kind of share. Uh, this, these mattresses are highly worth it, man. They wouldn't be on the show this long if, if they weren't the fucking best. We all have these ghost beds. We've all got the ghost pillows, the sheets. Now they have adjustable bases with USB ports and flashlights in them. They're amazing. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and... They have a pay-as-you-go plan with no interest for 36 months. That's right. Three years, no interest on that shit. You can pay as you go. Loveghostbed.com. Uh, incredible deals. This is the time, man, if you're going to do it. It's Black Friday. Uh, monster, monster deal there. Uh, next up, we've got bisonunion.com. Yes. Whew. You've asked for it. You've asked for it. Uh, hey, this is our favorite you know, clothing company on the planet. I get it. It's ours too, man. Uh, it was time. We called up Bert Koontz and we said, hey, man, uh, can we can we work out a deal so that way we can give our, our listeners uh, the promo code? You guys have been asking for it for a long time. Drinking Bros, 20% off of everything at Bison Union. Man, it's a fucking lifestyle brand. They're the only clothing company, one of, one of very few in my opinion. It's making cool shit for dudes uh, all the time. And uh, look, you, you see us wearing the hats and the shirts and all that stuff. Uh, in all of our Instagram posts at ST James, ST James, shameless plug. But uh, look, me, Matt, everybody, we're always wearing Bison Union shit. Love it. Uh, just so happens our best friends own it. So uh, that now you guys can own it too with, with 20% off. That's a big savings over there. Those hats, man, we're always wearing those hats too. And they've also got some custom made boots there. Be the bison. Earn your food. Go to bisonunion.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. And that's good all the time, man. There's, that's not a one-time use. But uh, that's, that's probably where you're going to be doing the bulk of your Christmas shopping is there for dudes. Uh, next up, we got grillyourassoff.com. This is a great one for stocking stuffers, man. I know we're doing holiday themes here, but it's, it's that time. The year has fucking flown by, and we're here. So we're buying you know all kinds of shit for Christmas, stocking stuffers, all that stuff. Seasonings is one of them. Big, big cooking season, if not the biggest. Some might say the Super Bowl of cooking is here. Um, They got Thanksgiving seasonings. They got fucking Christmas seasonings, all of it. Everything you need for steak, chicken, pork, turkey, you name it across the board, they got it. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Look, you're going to buy seasonings anyways. You might as well buy them from a company that's 100% veteran-owned. Uh, go to grillyourassoff.com and get their jerky too. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off. Love their jerky; it's a four pack. USA all beef, made right here in America. None of that, none of that Mexico beef. It's causing you to fucking test positive on the, on those weird tests. Uh, grillyourassoff.com promo code Drinking Bros fifteen percent off. Always good. Last but not least, we got GrenadeSoap.com. Incoming. GrenadeSoap.com has got soap that makes it smell like a man. Finally, you don't have to use your wife's shit. They got all the best bathing products in the world for dudes. Their grenade soap is made with real gunpowder, so you know it's good. Um, that's real, by the way. When you get it, you're like, holy shit. It almost acts like a, a fol- an exfoliate. Like, just scrubs your body and all that other shit. Um, it's great. So go to GrenadeSoap.com. They also got a taint scrubber. Since it is ass-eating season, you got to clean up down there front and back. Get all your nasty parts ready to be naughty parts. 
Eh, I like that. I was on the spot. You're welcome, Ross. Uh, go to GrenadeSoap.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here is Dan Holloway. The name's so nice. It is. My the- parents gave it to me twice. <laughs> <laughs> now we got Dan Holloway on. Uh, obviously, it's all of our listeners out there. Dan is is my co-host on uh, Drinking Bros Sports Companion Show. We've been traveling all over the nation, doing live shows, meeting and greeting folks. Uh, but a lot of you have written in and said the same thing: of like, "Hey, man, you've sat down and done a one-on-one with Evan, uh, Matt, Rocco, uh, Derek Wida." Um, we've got we've got crispy coming up later down the road, but you've never sat down and done a one on one with Dan. Who the fuck is this guy? Um, and I've joked with you a, a bunch of times on on our on our DB Sports Show that you've killed hundreds of people over and over again. Yeah, which is not accurate. Well, it is. It is and it isn't. But uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, um, though, because I had somebody at the bar the other night came up to me and said uh, they were like, "Hey, man." Like a real a real person who kills doesn't tell people they kill a lot of people. Right. And I said, I, I told him the same thing, and, I'm, and I'll tell the audience of you never told me that. And of course not. Yeah, no one would ever say that. No, and That's and uh, other people did. Like a lot of other people came up to me and said that. So I, I obviously use it against you every chance I get yeah. on these shows as a as a hilarious dig but you have never personally said that to me i don't even know if it's true to be honest with you um but i thought you know we would do a one-on-one and and talk about your life and eh, really see if you've killed hundreds of people i've I've not (laughs) i've not um i'm sure there's a hundred people out there that would they could use some killing right now but ah there's a lot more than that yeah you know me (laughs) i hate ross has this uh his bucket list is one item and that's to murder someone to murder somebody yeah yeah Yeah. and we found i found a drinking bro just like hey man i've got the the place for you to murder somebody yeah the uh, guy that uh yeah from he was legit he checked out by the way yeah we're not we're not gonna talk about him on the air now no no no, i'm gonna save him that's my guy yeah we're gonna go murder somebody so that's my fucking guy uh so let me ask you this where are you from originally i'm from upstate south carolina near clemson university oh all right yeah awesome uh did you grow up there your entire life yeah, I think, um, I don't really remember this, but my dad moved us out to Oregon for a year when I was two. Okay. Um, to be a logger or some dumb shit. I don't know. Your dad wanted to be a logger? Uh, I guess. Is, I, is I that know. what he did in real life? Or he did he just... for some time, yeah, and then we moved back here because, I, I don't know the full story to be honest, but it's really fucking stupid. Back to South Carolina? Right, yeah. What, what did he do for a living then? Uh, he owned an auto body shop, so he fixed cars. Okay. Painted cars, mostly. Gotcha. How was the childhood growing up? Were you guys rich, poor? Uh, we were middle class, I guess. I mean, it was. He's a shitbag, my dad. Is he really? Uh, yeah, super abusive guy. Total piece of shit. Did he beat the shit out of you? Oh, yeah, big time. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he still alive today? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him since like 2014, though. Okay. Uh, it was at my brother's wedding. And that was the last time you spoke to him? Yeah, I mean, he just. I, like, I used to be super mad and butthurt about it, and now I just don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? When did that change? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't remember exactly when I stopped caring about that stuff. Um, but it's. I think it's healthy to not give any give a person like that any of your emotional energy. 
And people who listen to the show know that I'm dead inside anyway, so I don't have a whole lot of emotional energy to spare in the first place. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I My father passed away in uh, 2010. My yep. biological father, I should say. Because uh, my, uh, my stepdad, I, I consider like my dad. Right. Um, so um, we didn't talk either for many, many years, and it was over money. I'm able to emotionally cut people off or cut oh, yeah. people out of Absolutely, my life. Yeah. Family members, uh, friends, like, you know, I've had friends for years and then something along the way got fucked up and boom, they were cut out of my life yeah. for good. That was it. Yeah. It's not a problem for me. Yeah. So I, I figured it's the same way. Cause like you, you don't think about them at all probably, right? No, never. Yeah. What about your mom? Are you close to your mom? Not really close, but she's fine. She's fine. But I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not close to people. Like that's not something that I really do. Does she reach out to you? Do you still have a relationship? Well, yeah, we with talk her? from time to time. Yeah, and are, and are they still married? No, 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 no. Not for not. I don't shit. Almost twenty years, probably they've been sep- not divorced. I don't know. Oh fuck! All right, it's been a while. Yeah, was he abusive to her? No, not that I'm aware of. Anyways, just just the kids. Uh, just the boys. Why, like why, why is that? I, I'm always trying to figure that out. I don't understand that. I don't know. I think there's something, and I think it's a generational thing where guys, uh, everybody had children so young back then, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was in the 101st Airborne back in the day, but I don't think he ever deployed or anything. I don't know what he did. I know he was in Panama for a long time at the Jungle Warfare School down there. Um, so the reason I mention that is because I don't think he's like fucked in the head or anything. I think it's just people like that think that that's the way that you instill discipline in people mm-hmm. is by fucking them up. And I think that's stupid. Yeah, especially as as, uh, as a child, because I've got two children now. Yeah. And, you know, there's once you have a child, you realize the innocence of children. Yeah. And to do something like that is beyond fucked up to me. And, you know, there's a, there's a way to discipline your children without kicking the shit out of them. Yeah, you'd think so, right? Um, like when I was uh, an NCO in the military... I never yelled at anybody. I made all my soldiers call me by my first name. Like, look, we're not playing these fucking bullshit games. Right. We're all adults here. Like, if you treat... Some of these kids are 18 years old, so, you know, it's the first time they've ever been out of their house. They have a little money. Not much, but a little. Right. And they're doing stupid shit all the time. If you treat people like that, like adults, and they'll start acting like adults. You know what I mean? Right. So if you treat... It's always been about respect for me. If you treat people with respect, then they'll respect you in turn. And if not, if you treat them with an iron fist, uh, they'll just fear consequences. They don't learn. You don't learn lessons like that by fearing consequences. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a generational thing. I think those people back then didn't, uh, and I'm not making excuses for him. I think he's a piece of shit, but people back then didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Sure. They just thought it, it's very, um, I don't know. It's like base instinct kind of stuff. Like he's doing that. I hit him. He stops. Right. Right. But that that's stupid. You don't learn lessons that way. No, uh, you don't. Did that affect you in school at all? No. You know, really, honestly, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention in school at any point. Uh, that, that's surprising to me because you're a really smart guy. Yeah. Well, it was super boring. Uh, like in in high school, I think I I skated out with like a two point two or two point three GPA, something like that. No shit. Yeah, and now I've got a fucking wheelbarrow full of degrees, and my cumulative GPA is three nine seven over four plus degrees now. So fuck. It's 
I think it's hard for people. Uh, I mean, the American education system is actually an, a reflection of American government in general, where we were talking about this yesterday. It's very difficult to govern 350 million people under one set of laws because people are so different. And in the education system, people learn so differently at their own paces and all this other bullshit. When you put 35, 40 kids in a single classroom, and there's one person that's trying to teach them one subject. It just doesn't work out. And when you have people that are, like I have, um, I'm a little socially dysfunctional, a little spectrum-y, for lack of a better phrase. So um, for me, that stuff, if something is not engaging to me, it doesn't even exist. Like, if it's not compelling to me, it may as well, like, I don't even see it. Did you do anything growing up to try to change that? Uh, you'd mentioned doing acid at one point. Yeah, so I got started pretty young on that stuff. Um, read some studies about treating that particular kind of affliction with hallucinogens and, and other kinds of drugs. How old were you? Uh, pretty young, like 11. Holy um, fuck. Yeah. So um, started a slow back then. As I got into my late teens, I was hitting it pretty hard. And I had a great time, by the way. How did you get a hold of it at such a young age? I uh, can't tell you that. Okay. But uh, just friends, you know, being having an older brother who had friends that were older than me was... Ah, uh, gotcha. Know, See, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a brother growing up. Yeah. And I was always curious is how one got drugs at a certain age or whatever. Because I didn't see, I don't think I saw acid until college. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a rare one. Like, if you're not looking for that specifically, you don't run into it that much. Right. You know it, I mean? it is, yeah. Because it, it's not your drug of choice simply because it, man, it fucking lasts so goddamn long, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, many, how many times did you do it? Oh, man. I mean, in total... Seven or eight hundred, probably something like that. I mean, it's I did it Holy every day shit. for a whole year, uh, and really every I mean, single day for an entire year. Yeah, wow. So, and that was actually the year before I joined the army. So, um, you know, it was, uh, and I wasn't microdosing, by the way. I was taking like full doses every day. Um, but it's it's interesting what it does to your brain. Like you, it's it's almost like training in a way where you put your brain under a pretty extreme circumstance and it learns to develop things like all my social skills now excuse me being able to stand up in front of crowds and talk um i'm not a i'm not a huge social guy you like you've been around me enough to notice that i divert eye contact all the time like some of that stuff stays with you right even beyond that but um i walk into boardrooms now with like ufc execs and and whomever else and i'm like the bell of the ball talking let's get this deal done yeah, yeah, yeah i never would have been able to do that before yeah because when we look we've been again traveling all over the the country for for all of these sporting events for the sports show you know meeting with hundreds of drinking bros and you're yeah. great in, in in all of those settings so it's surprising to hear that you you struggled with that at one point yeah it was rough it was it was pretty bad uh when you're on acid and going to school and all that stuff do your teachers or parents know or anybody know I don't think so. No one ever said anything. I don't think anybody knew what to look for. Like if you're if you're high as fuck, you're gonna smell like weed. Yeah, your eyes are gonna be all bloodshot. Mm -hmm. If you're already a little socially awkward and you're on acid, it's like maybe he's just a little bit weirder today. I don't know. <laughs> it would be hard to tell from their perspective because uh, the effect LSD has on you is such you such a unique thing. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but I don't think anyone ever caught on to it. 
Um, I, I didn't go around talking about it a lot. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, hey, I'm fucking on acid today because it's not about doing shit to be cool. It was an experiment for me to right. see if I could fix my brain. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and was your brother doing it at the same time as well? Um, I don't know. Are you guys close? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, close as I get to someone, but yeah, he's cool. He's actually, <laughs> he's actually going to be in, uh, I think he'll be in San Antonio for some of the shows when you're there. It's his birthday that weekend. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what day he's going to show up. Okay. Um, but he's like a chemical engineer now or some shit. I don't know what the fuck he does. Fuck. He works for, I think he makes supplements like workout supplements or something. Oh, well, look, he can't make me any bigger. I'm a goddamn beast. You are. Your yeah. arms are looking nice. Yeah, real nice. Real nice. Um, what, what what year did you decide to go into the military then? Well, so I, I when I left high school, I went to, actually got a, went to school for theology for a while, like comparative religion stuff. What do you do with and that? I'm not, what, do you, what do you do with Nothing. I, I, I had no plan to do anything with that. Um, I'm not even religious at all. Uh, I just found it interesting. You know what I mean? Like I wanted the idea I wanted, of religion, and you try to f- like well, figuring mo- it out. Less, less the idea, and more the first the history, because a study in religion is a study in human history, and then the sociology and psychology behind all that stuff was very interesting to me. Like why we, it makes sense that we develop that stuff in our infancy intellectually, mm-hmm. and then like how it's progressed over time. Like you never see, <clears throat> there's never a new religious text that comes out that disproves a scientific theory it always goes the other way right yeah so religions constantly moving their goalpost to match up with what new science is and it's in, that's really interesting to me yeah i uh, me personally with religion i find that they're you know you take the pope he's changing his stance on yeah you have to gay marriage and all this other yeah. stuff and blah 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 well if if that was your you know clean cut hardcore religion you, your God, and I'm putting that in air quotes, right. shouldn't allow you to bend the rules based on... Yeah, I mean, but the, the argument to that would be that our interpretation is flawed, right? So when... And I again, I'm not an apologist for any kind of religion. I think it's just completely unnecessary. But um, what I would say in return to that is that uh, you have to take overall maxims and then apply them to the situation where you are. So be kind to your neighbor or whatever means that if he's gay, leave, leave him alone. Let him be fucking gay. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Because my, my parents put me in uh, like the Catholic church right, right. growing up. And I went through the whole uh, communion. You know, I, did, I took the communion classes yeah, yeah. and did all that shit. And I was, I want to say maybe fourth or fifth grade somewhere in there. And then later on in life, I kind of... We used to go to church all through yeah. growing up. Uh, even went partially through college. That was, was dating somebody who was uh, Catholic. But at that point, my mind had kind of s- switched out of religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember coming home, and my parents were like, oh, hey, it was I believe it was like a Christmas break. And they were like, do you want to go to church for Christmas? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. And, yeah. uh, and I didn't know whether it was going to upset them or mm-hmm. not. And, uh, and I was like, you guys aren't upset? And they were like, no. And I was like, why did you, why did you put me, why do, why do we do this, you know, mm-hmm. go through all of this? And they were like, well, look, we thought it was important for you to have some form of organized religion and then decide for yourself whether or not that was something you wanted in your life at that point. And I, I thought that was a great view on it where what, it was. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, 
to because you're right the, the 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 ideas of it of these most of these religions of be kind to your neighbor or yeah, you know, it's mostly the same shit yes for the in, most in, in all of these religions um you know except for obviously like muslim and shit like that where you're just like well it depends i mean certain certain groups of muslims are pretty calm yes certain element i mean, yeah. I mean but uh i thought they had a really great outlook on it in view and mm-hmm. and uh and it made it easy to transition yeah. well, I, I would say and it's good that they were uh kind of lax about it because you have to leave room for that decision making process to, to happen uh what i would caution against is presenting sophisticated ideas like that to unsophisticated child minds can be very dangerous and the reason i say that is because the same thing with general abuse is that they learn that consequences like hell for example exist if you're unpleasant to someone or disrespect your parents or whatever like having that kind of shadow hanging over you i think could be very distressing for a child like the idea of hell like right because i don't think that exists um and clearly there's no evidence for it so why put that in your kid's head scientific evidence is what you're talking about. There's that's, no scientific there's, evidence. That's the only kind of evidence that exists. I, exactly. And, and Unless you want to have an ontological argument, but I don't think we're going to do that here on the show. No. And, and there's, look, there's, you know, obviously two schools of, of thought on that. Those who believe in science and those who don't. Right. Um, and, and that's a, another fucking show altogether. That, well, Catholics uh, have actually been pretty good about that. Usually when... when uh, yeah, the, new, po- the Pope just came out and yeah, said yeah. there is no hell. Uh, like, when new evidence comes out or... or people get tired of old opinions that don't make sense catholics have usually been pretty good about changing their belief system so i don't know they've been terrible at touching kids they've touched quite a few kids <laughs> actually Christ. was jerry sandusky catholic uh i wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you man hmm. um, when i looked at the numbers and i remember watching that movie uh oh it's great spotlight spotlight was Jesus great if you haven't Christ. seen spotlight go watch it now yeah amazing yeah um i i think when you have that strict of rules in religion and you know with cardinals and all that other shit like it can lead you to do some fucked up shit and yeah. uh uh that's i look I'm, I'm not high on on any of it to be honest with you but uh yeah again another conversation for another show yeah so once care. you once you started with theology uh did you go to the military after no that? so i finished i finished up with that nonsense and then w- went to uh i got a degree in computer networking and security because tech information or tech education is always important i think everybody should have at least um some education in how networking and computer systems work because everything that we do now, yeah, you know, like literally everything you do from your personal finances to how you communicate with your family is based on this technology. If you don't understand it, then like you leave yourself you're open, you're, you leave yourself yeah. open to vulnerabilities and stuff like that. And it's just not a good idea. And then after that, I, I joined the army. I was kind of old. I was like 24. Shit. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Why? What was the deciding factor? Um, well, I mean, I obviously like most of all of us, except for the older guys. Uh, it was nine eleven, um, and I. It's wait- funny. That's the common theme of everybody I've interviewed one on one like this. Yeah. Everybody's a lot of people say nine well, eleven. So I'm. I wasn't sit around, sitting around wringing my hands, angry at the Muslim world because I think that's irrational. Um, but it did make it did make things real for me. Like there are there. Are people out there that are fucked in the head and somebody needs to go shoot those bitches in the face. Right. Right. So, uh, I'm a big believer that if you have the power, it's actually from Spider-Man, right? What's, what's the new kid's name? Um, 
who's playing Spider-Man? Yeah, the newest Spider-Man. Fuck, there's like 90 I can't remember of his them. name. No, the new one, the young kid that's in the Avengers movie. Anyways, yeah, yeah. he said if you have the power to stop stop the bad things and you don't, like if you, I'm sorry, if you have power to stop bad things from happening and they happen, they happen because of you. You know what I mean? So if you have, I think it's the um, the moral responsibility for strong moral people to visit violence on evil people as often as possible. Right? So if there's somebody out there causing physical or psychological harm, if you've got the power to do something, you should go fuck their shit up. Yeah. What branch did you go into? Army and the 82nd Airborne. Uh, Actually, Derek Lido was yeah. in my first, he was in my squad. Was he really? Derek and I were, yeah. No shit. Yep. And and was Jared as well? No, Jared was in uh, the 14th ASOS at Bragg. Well, actually, in Fort Pope. So he was our uh, our JTAG. Okay. He, he was our. He called in our airstrikes and shit. Gotcha. So then we. Uh, did you know going in what branch you wanted to be, or, or did you did you figure it out when you? No, got I knew there? I wanted to go to an airborne unit. Yeah, you did. Okay. Because yeah. my dad was in the hundred first when they were actually airborne back in the day. Now they're not. That's why I say that. So. Gotcha. You guys may change your name to the 101st Air Assault and leave my airborne out of it. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those things of, fuck my dad, I'm going to do well, something it's funny, better you know, or different than him. At the time, I fucking hated that guy. Um, but I did, intellectually, I knew that aside from the next step up, which would be going to ranger school or whatever, that yeah. was like the most elite light infantry I could be in. Um, so that's why I chose it. Um but it's interesting. My grandfather jumped into Luzon in the Philippines during World War II. He was in an airborne unit. My dad was in an airborne unit. But I think it's a coincidence. I, I, to me, in my brain, it didn't. That didn't have anything to do with me. Uh, gotcha. Going airborne. Gotcha. And when you, when, when you were there, did you enjoy it? Uh, you know, being in garrison, like back here in the states, fucking sucks. If you're in the army, because everybody's looking all the time, like all your entire command is always around and people are worried about things like the grass being a little too high or you having your hands in your pockets. I like war though. War was awesome. Right. Um, despite all the fucked up shit that happens, um, losing friends and, and shit like that. And in the aftermath with all the suicides and stuff, um, being in war, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, and I'm sure plenty of guys have been on here before. We'll actually have... Yeah, I, and, and they've said... Some of them have said it's better than sex. Anything, it's the most exhilarating thing that I've ever done is getting a gunfight. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I've, I've heard that, that same exact thing, yeah. that you can't replace it. And no. um, somebody else had told me, uh, you know, who, who served, obviously, that, that that's why people have a problem with suicide, where it's almost like a drug. Yeah. That once you come back, you can never achieve... That fucking high ever again. Yeah, and the feeling is that like I'll never be as good at anything as I was at war, right? Because I'll, I'll never be tested like that again. And I, that's why, guys, like it seems like it seems kind of like a stupid, silly, macho bullshit like fantasy that guys like us are sitting around waiting for somebody to break into our house or some crazy shit to happen so we can react to it. But that's a real feeling. Yeah, like we 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 seriously. Are just in our heads all the time thinking about scenarios that might happen and how we would respond to it. Your brain gets conditioned that way, and I don't think it ever goes away. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because everywhere we've traveled to, um, again, in, in all of these cities, if we go to a restaurant, you'll be very specific about where you want to sit. Um, when we check into a hotel room, the first thing you'll do is walk over to the windows and open up the curtains and figure out what's out there and what's around. Yeah, I try not to be annoying about it. Some guys you're are not, like... You're so not at I, all. Like the, I, it's something that I notice as a civilian yeah. where I'm like, 
yo, man, we're at the fucking Holiday Inn. What, like, what you don't want to be is one of those guys that puts a fucking sign on his front lawn, like, I'm a veteran, don't use fireworks. Like, fuck <laughs> right. you, dude. Fuck you. If I ever see those signs, I go into that guy's yard and light off fireworks. Fuck him. <laughs> Give me a break, jackass. Um, so stupid. So where did the story come from of Dan's killed hundreds of guys? I have no idea, dude. Honestly. I've heard that. I know I heard that from like three or four people. I've not killed. I definitely have not killed hundreds of people. Like we, So we got into gunfights Were you a, a sniper over there? No. Like, yeah, it, you weren't? No. Okay. No. Uh, so, so what was your exact uh, Well, job? I started out as an RTO radio operator. Okay. Uh, so I travel with the commander, the company commander all the time. And uh, most of that was like the first, I don't know, six months of a year and a half long deployment was uh, was just bullshit. I mean, we got into some scrapes for sure. Because we tried, we were like, uh, I think Jared said this on the show before, but we were about 700 meters from Sadr City, which is literally the worst place on earth. Hell. Everybody it's like says 3 it's million hell on people. Earth. So we're in this... I don't remember how many people it was, but I know there's about 200 or about 170 infantry guys in this tall, abandoned shopping mall. And right there next to us is Sadr City. Um, and I think there's about 3 million people there, something like that. So we're fucked, right? Right. Um, we got hit every single day by mortars. I think, like. How do you sleep during something like that? Uh, you know, it just turns into into white noise at some point, which is why. I, and and I, I got, I bet a bunch of the guys listening, uh, guys and gals listening right now, um, probably don't sleep in a quiet room. They probably have a TV on or something like that, or a f- loud fan. A fan, yeah, yeah, something. I doubt they can sleep in in silence. Um, you just get used to it after a while. Gotcha, gotcha. So, anyways, we did some cool shit there. I think we arrested more, like sent more people to higher detention facilities than any unit. And and the and the war is during the surge, so we had a lot of ass behind us. Um, we had a good time. Lost a couple of guys. Um, Derek got shot in the leg. That sucked. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he's told that story before on the show. Right? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We, um, I did a one-on-one with him, and he he told that story on the show. Yeah, it's fucked up. The fuck, the really fucked up thing about it is, um, me and my uh, my medic, uh, Welter Dan Welter. And our commander Will Kanda, who's 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 still in, uh, and uh, Joe Singerhouse, my my uh, first sergeant at the time, we're like right down the street, and we're on the radio, like let us come get him in Kazvak and let us let him let us get him out of here. So they our fucking um, battalion sergeant major uh, Lamarkey Knowles is his name. He's a fucking piece of shit, biggest piece of shit NCO I've ever seen in my life terrible human being i hope he's fucking dead right now fuck him right i just want to put that out there sure for anybody that ever came across him in any of my units uh they'll agree what what made him a piece of shit uh he's a coward mostly uh i've seen uh (laughs) we were on a patrol one day right and he takes a knee next to me and his magazine just falls out of his weapon (laughs) i'm like what the fuck you fat piece of shit what are you doing uh, and then my buddy, Joe, who's still in, so I won't say his real name, uh, he was part of uh, our scout platoon, and he, they, were on a, they got into contact one day, taking rounds from different areas, and this guy grabbed a private by the back of his plate carrier and held him in front of him as he walked into a building. Really? That's a sergeant major in the infantry. With a ranger tab. Fuck, yeah. you're kidding. Yeah, so hopefully that dude's got cancer or something. 
Man. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard I, I, I heard somebody fucking do that before. I've never seen it. The guy, I think the kid, the private's name was Salaz or something like that. I don't Is he know. alive today? Oh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. All right, good. Um, anyways, yes, yeah, so we had fun over there, except for, you know, a couple of dirt bags. But we were in contact a lot. We Anytime you go into Sodder City, you roll in, you start getting shot at the whole time. Come back out, getting shot at the whole time. Jesus. Um, total shit show. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, somebody else said you, you beat a man to death with the butt of your rifle. Is that true? It's no. not true. No. Okay. Um. Nope. Never happened. Okay. I mean, we did lay some ass whippings on a couple of people, though. Like this one guy was stealing uh, antibiotics from his kid who had been shot. Like his kid had took, a t- I don't know if he got shot or took shrapnel on his leg. Okay. And, uh, and was selling, I think he was selling the antibiotics to a local clinic. Like taking medicine from his kid and selling it. And we were like, come on, dude. Tell me <laughs> you didn't really, because I, I don't think anybody believed it at first. And then, uh, you know, he had to he had to catch a little beating, but you know people get. It's a funny thing about Iraq. Like if you if you send an American journalist over there, and you followed uh, one of our units around, they would think that we're like brutalizing people sometimes, like slapping people in the face. But that's how it is there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, a, a man slaps another man in the face to assert dominance there. So when in Rome, right? Yeah, yeah, like of course. Our, our THTs, like our uh, human intelligence collectors, our interrogators, would slap the shit out of people all the time. Well, Charlie Murphy got slapped by, oh, uh, did, by yeah. Rick James. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I understand asserting dominance oh, like that. R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. And yeah, Rick, and by, and by the way, James. the reason why I ask you these stories is I think there is something about you personally, the way you carry yourself, that people don't know who you are or what you do. They just assume you're a fucking natural-born killer. So... I think a lot of these stories, that's why I'm asking you It's on, all on fiction, dude. I mean, I, like, Evan, Evan has said this on the show a bunch of times. He was like, I'm, I was an average SF guy, and I was an average paratrooper. I, did, I wasn't outstanding at anything. I mean, I could shoot really well, and I'm smart, obviously. That's why they made me an RTO for a while. But aside from that, I wasn't like Captain America throwing my shield around or anything. Sure, I, cause it, it, but you have the same effect with women when we're out, too, where... People, girls can't figure you out at all. Yeah. And the way you talk to people um, is so <laughs> disarming Yeah, that women will fucking flock to you like I've never seen where it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, I, I, it's shocking to me where I'm like, dude, there's like 10 girls that want to fuck you in this place. Um, and it's, it's nuts. Well, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? I think it is, but I think that you have some mystique and some some aura. I don't. About I don't you. do that on purpose. By the I way, I know you don't, and like, that's why I that's just, why I bring it up. Like I'm seriously dead inside. That's all it is. <laughs> it really is. Like uh, I don't have facial expressions because of the condition. Like I don't do that. You don't see me smile very much. People always say that I look like an asshole in pictures. I'm like, that's just my face, dude. <laughs> like it really is. I don't. I don't react to things. So we, you and I, and a third party were in a heated discussion the other day. Yeah, and. Uh, that person was getting heated and I wasn't because I never do. Right. Yeah. She, she was raising her voice. To yeah. You. And I was just like, okay, cool. So let's finish our conversation. Yeah. Cause I just, that stuff doesn't affect me at all. 
Um, yeah, n- nothing really does affect you. And and again, I think that's part of the mystique of it, where you hear these stories, you hear these things, and nobody really knows what's true. That's why I wanted to sit down and, and chat with you about yeah. it, because I always kid you about it on the show. It's funny to but talk I have about. No yeah. idea, you know. Yeah. It's super funny to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, it makes me uh, laugh on the inside every time you say that, <laughs> just because it's so ridiculous. You did smile once. Yeah, when Freddie Mitchell was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Uh, so I have seen you smile once or twice on this. Yeah, it was, it's, sometimes it, it's um, uh, all the emotion inside becomes overwhelming. I can't <laughs> help myself. <laughs> so what, what made you eventually leave and, and get out of the military? Well, you know, the war was coming to an end. So I, I figured out. What uh, year was this? Uh, well, so I, I, I got out in late 2010, and my okay. guys had just gotten back from Haiti. They went down for the earthquake. Beautiful um, place. Yeah. Hispaniola, buddy. Yeah. You just got to stay on the uh, Dominican side. Uh, anyways, yeah, they had just gotten back, and I think our next um, our next rotation got changed from Afghanistan, where they're still fighting, to Iraq, where it was going to be like training police or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm not signing back up and not going to war. When you when you sign back up, how many years is that? Uh, there's you can there's a lot of things you could do. It depends on where you are in your career, what your job is, what's available, stuff like that. I think most guys usually go. I mean, if you're going to sign up for a second term, usually it's a commitment. Like you know, you want to be in for a while. If you sign up for two, you're probably going to sign up for three and four and go twenty years. Right. So, I think a lot of guys just do whatever the most money you can get out of that deal is. Uh, and then there's different zones for reenlistment where you get different bonus levels and stuff. So there's an A, B, and C zone, I think. I don't know if they've changed that or not, by the way. Did you ever go back and contract or anything like that? No, I did uh, I did security here in the U.S., like bodyguard work for like uh, and, and risk assessment and threat analysis for companies like Wells Fargo and uh, Levi and Gap Inc. And oh, no shit. And a couple shit. of other ones, yeah. That's Morris, awesome. Morrison Forrester Law Firm couple other ones when you got back did you immediately hop back into school or did you work first um i was in school within like four or five months i think it took a little time to get everything straightened out but yeah i was i was the gi bill yeah 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 and then i was working at the same time worked in politics a little bit how was that uh it's a shit show is it, is it as bad as everybody says it is yeah everybody's completely full of shit candidates are complete megalomaniacs like you can't be I don't. I don't think it would be a rare, rare person. It would be like um, we've talked about this before. I think the best system of government is a benevolent dictator because I don't think people are smart enough to govern themselves, particularly not three hundred fifty million people getting governed by six hundred people, which is basically what we have, right? Sure. Um, uh, it would be incredibly rare, though, and maybe uh, fantastical to to picture an actual benevolent dictator. Like maybe that's not even a thing. Maybe it's a pipe dream, right? So I don't, I'm not advocating for it. Right. Um, but for this situation, uh, I think it's kind of similar. Um, remind me what we're talking about. Politics. So a, a politician who is not an asshole. like Because a lot of people get in with good aspirations in local and city government, and then as soon as they see the bright lights... You know, it's like Hollywood, man. I, like, was, I was just, just going to say that. Yeah. It's exactly like Hollywood. People come in with the best intentions. Yeah. They start getting jobs and shit like that. Like, um, re- recently happened to me. I, an agent of mine was, was, uh, was great, was working in a boutique agency. Yeah. And then he got called up to one of the biggest agencies there was. And he was like, do you have any advice? And I was like, just don't become an asshole. Yeah. And I said, look, it, that, it happens to everyone. And he was like, ah, oh, dude, it'll never happen to me. 
he became an asshole in a like a Usain Bolt record time. Where I was just like, <laughs> bro, what yeah. the fuck? I mean, you get you, you get used to people. Uh, you get used to everyone around you, the sycophants, saying that your opinion's right, and your opinion starts to become fact in your brain. That's what happens to politicians, and they think that their idea about the fact is the fact itself, um, and that is retarded. That's not how. Uh, that's why I, I, I would like to see scientists as politicians instead of um, instead of attorneys. That would be great for me because attorneys are full of shit. Yeah, like the the art of lawyering is the art of bending language to fit your agenda, right? Yeah, to fit um, your narrative. Yeah, uh, so, and it's it's shitty. I deal with lawyers every oh, goddamn yeah. day. But science is science. A one is a one. A zero is a zero. There is somewhere the best possible economic system for the situation we are in. And it's not the one we have now. No. There's no way. We're fucked right now. Debt's fucked up. Education's fucked up. But somewhere there is a system that works well. And we're allowing people who bend language for a living to write this program for us instead of actual scientists or engineers or economists or whatever. How many economists are politicians now? Not None. Many. I mean, there should be more. Yeah. So that's that's how I see it. Uh, I'm, uh, that may sound kind of jaded, but not at all. I, I, a lot of people have that story who work in politics, and uh, you know, I, it's it's a filthy, filthy fucking business. Yeah, I it think is. I think the music industry is probably the dirtiest, and then politics, and then Hollywood right after that. Movies, and I think that's about your your top three dirtbag yeah. industries. So obviously that was short lived for you. What did yeah, you I mean, What did I, you do after that? Uh, after that, I I started working. That's when I started doing the bodyguard stuff. Right after that, were you like Kevin Costner? I was, yeah, <laughs> absolutely like that. That's it. Uh, my life is basically shot for shot. The bodyguard. Who was your Whitney Houston? In that um, different people changed. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I mean, I did some pretty interesting stuff. Did you really? Yeah. Okay, any, anything you can talk about, or did you sign contracts like? Uh, yeah, NDAs? they're all NDAs. Yeah, but w- one situation was a guy who was doing some weird shit, buying a bunch of guns online, and doing some other very illegal stuff inside the company. And I kind of sat. I I was a new hire at the company, mm-hmm. quote air quotes there, and sat near his office for about three months. Didn't do shit. I just sat there waiting for something to happen for a while. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I just got shit faced every night because <laughs> it was so goddamn boring. It's it somebody's was, dream out there. But that's the thing, and military guys will tell you this too. That whole hurry up and wait thing is real. It's so everything, even on deployments, it's so goddamn boring until it's not. Right. Like you, you may have an hour of fucking real contact in a day, and then the rest of it, the other twenty three, you're like, God fucking damn it! You're just watching movies. And jerking off in the fucking portage shitter. <laughs> and then you get used to that shit smell and yeah. you probably can't come until you smell I shit. I can't, even now. Yeah. You gotta fucking just drop a heater and then <laughs> and then that's the only way you can get off. I understand that. Yeah, well, we're, I get we're, it. From, we're from the same world, Ross. Yeah, exactly. Eh, Samesies. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, so then after that, I went to work for Homeland Security for a while. Um, how was that? It was fine. I mean, it's bureaucratic bullshit. So I worked for immigration and I worked in the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco. So, oh God! Yeah, so we actually avoided prosecuting certain cases because we didn't want to generate bad case law because we knew that the Ninth Circuit was so fucked up. So if we have a case like, hey, this is a pretty good case, we're going to prosecute this. On a couple of uh, occasions, 
the case was prosecuted successfully, but then the Ninth Circuit took it up and made like permanent case law that fucked us. So we were like, man, we can't even send these. We have to plea these out or something. Like we can't send these to trial anymore. One of those Trump travel bans wasn't it the Ninth Circuit that uh, threw that out for a little bit, and then then they yeah. take it to the Supreme Court. It's always the Ninth Circuit. Oh, oh wait, why is that? Because it's San Francisco, I guess. Fuck, man. Yeah. Because um, I, I shouldn't, as a, as an American citizen, I shouldn't know what the Ninth Circuit is in San Francisco. Like I shouldn't no. know that. You know what I'm saying? No. No, and that's like to me. Um, the grandstanding, it's like an umpire in baseball. Like if Mike Trout strikes out, or Bryce Harper, this is a better example, because he actually said this once. If, if Bryce Harper, a ball maybe he thinks is a little outside, strikes him out, and he fucking puts his head down like he always does and yells profanities into the ground, doesn't show the guy up, and then walks away, and homeboy follows him to the dugout yelling at him. I'm talking about homeboy, I mean the umpire. Yeah. Nobody, and Bry- Bryce has said this before, nobody came to this ballpark to hear that umpire talk. Oh, they, yeah. came, they came to see me hit fucking home runs. Yeah. And this yeah. asshole's going to throw me out because he made a bad call or because I got pissed off. It's an emotional game. Fuck you. So in the same way, uh, I agree with you. No one should know who the fucking Ninth Circuit is. Yeah, ever. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And then you went You went to college after that. You went to... You I was go, in is school, that when you went to Penn State? I was in school during that, yeah. You were? Yeah. At, where at? At Penn State, yeah. Okay, cool. That's where I got my master's in uh, international homeland security. Okay, and so you once you finish up there, how do you get involved with Black Rifle? Well, I was actually about to leave to go work in intelligence for the ATF. Like I was packing my shit, getting no ready to shit. go. Yeah, um, and uh, went to Shot Show a couple years ago. Met Evan, and Evan's one of those guys that just uh, the way he sees the world is very interesting. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, very good. Yeah, very. I respect him and him. Like obviously, obviously he's, to that he's guy. one of our best friends, but yeah, yeah. In, in real life, he's just a fucking great dude. He is, yeah, absolutely. But he also he's really good at spotting um, intersecting talent. So what I was doing was like big data research and uh, not necessarily profiling, but looking for patterns where criminal activity might be occurring or terrorism might be happening. Mm-hmm. And um, you know. Because Jared had reached out to me. He's like, hey, you need to come work for Black Rifle. I'm like, I don't even know what I would do for that company. And then Evan sits me down at SHOT Show, and he's like, well, here's how what you're doing makes sense with marketing. And he's just explaining it all to me. I'm like, holy shit. So, well, I'm basically doing that job already. Like, I'm, I'm finding patterns, activating, uh, uh, like, stacks, like, technology stacks to make data processing work better and all this shit. Right. So... I worked in marketing for a little while, got bumped up to VP of marketing, which is what I do now. At Black Rifle. Yeah. So all the, um, we have a content team, they make all of our stuff, and then I do, me and my team, which uh, a great bunch of people, uh, uh, we do the digital advertising, all the Facebook ads, all the social media ads, all the Google ads. Uh, which radio. is unbelievably intricate. Like, oh, yeah, I, it's I don't crazy, think yeah. people understand how difficult that is at home because if you can master that world you can have a successful company like, oh yeah you that's can, one of my biggest weaknesses is i don't un- i I, yeah, yeah. I i don't understand marketing and uh in particular yeah. facebook advertising well the interesting thing about facebook well facebook changes every three to six months their algorithm changes so mm-hmm. you really have to stay on top of that stuff uh the changing trend and whatnot but how do you how do you know that it's changing 
Well, before we we always spotted it way ahead of time because we do what we do. We're all intelligence people, right? Mm-hmm. Like Evan, me, and a couple of the other people in the marketing department are all former Intel people. So um, we're looking for those patterns even when we don't know we're, we're looking for them. It's just interesting to do that. So we we saw that the um, that organic content getting choked out was going to happen six months before it actually happened and started tailoring our stuff to to fit that mold. So we were way ahead of the game. So that's how you do it, really. You just got to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and now at this point, we're such a large account. We're an enterprise-level account with Facebook. So um, they let us know when stuff's going to change usually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know people got, they, they you know. Yeah. They, and we're on a bunch of betas and stuff. Like whenever they have a new, um, whenever they have a new type of technology or, or targeting strategy or that shit, they always, we're around beta, like short list for that. So it's cool. I mean, they hate us because we have guns and all of our stuff, which is stupid. I mean, we don't sell. We've never sold a gun. No, but you, look, you've got gun in the, uh, a gun in the title, and, yeah. it's, and it's on all of your yeah, shit. Yeah, and the problem with that is that um, for those of you that work in technology, you'll understand what a whitelist is. So, uh, And you might, you might also, if you've produced digital content where uh, certain songs are copyrighted by production companies or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, and if you're whitelisted on YouTube for that song, then it won't get automatically flagged when you upload it as part of your fucking soundtrack or part of your yeah. like whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um so there's really nothing like that for Facebook and us. Uh like the word rifle or some of our it's who we are, Black Rifle presents content gets flagged a lot. But it's like a dude it's like war footage. It's war footage from Omar from Crispy's like unit. Yeah, that we're doing a profile on him. We're not trying to sell fucking guns, right? But the the technology can't tell the difference. All it sees is the outline of a gun and the fucking video and flags us immediately. So I don't know if there's an elegant solution to that, aside from just reaching out to our partners when we're uploading that stuff. Like, hey, this is coming down the line. Here's an advanced copy. Look at it. Make sure it's okay. Whatever. It's still a pain in the ass, though. Yeah, but it is what it is. What are you gonna do? No. I. What made you want to get into podcasting? Because when the sports show pops up, you were doing launch code for a little bit, weren't you? I've done it here and there, yeah. I mean, I'm so... Uh, Did you do, like, even though you show no emotion, you love podcasting? Uh, yeah, I like... Uh, and you're great at it. Like, I, I, our sports show is great. Yeah, it's it crushes. Uh, yeah. I like uh, the analytical part of it, you know, for for the sports show the most. Um, like, we actually... a lot of A lot of these shows, it would be really interesting. I'd like to see Matt Berry's scorecard like how accurate he is on stuff cuz we keep track of how accurate we are. Yes. Like we like down to the game every prediction we make and uh, I think we're at like 85% for the year something like that. Yeah, we've been in about right around 85% for the entire year both college yeah. and NFL. Yeah, so that that's the part that really interests me is the is the statistics behind it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. data for sure, yeah. Uh, cuz that's, that's why like if you go I, yeah I didn't know that at a football game you won't notice this with me actually you will cuz we were at that Eagles game and every time I was like Ertz is lined up on the right they're going to Ertz how many times did I say that during oh, you, that game you, you called yeah. fuck uh, almost every offensive play that the Eagles yeah. had and I was like man are you I, I'm like, I even I'm like why? I asked you I go are you an Eagles fan you're like no, no. I can just tell where where everybody's lined up yeah, and why and, and I was what like what I don't understand is why the fucking Falcons uh, defensive coordinator wasn't seeing what I was seeing. You know uh, me I mean? neither. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah, because you were calling plays before they were they were happening. You were yeah. like, look, uh, that'll be a 10-yard out to Ertz. And I'm like, fuck, what? 
Um, yeah. it's, sure enough, every time you called, yeah. uh, I think nine out of ten yeah. every time. And I, so I'm, I grew up playing sports. Played, I, n- I never played football really. I played basketball and and baseball, mostly baseball and soccer and shit like that. But uh, back then, it was about the athletic competition. But I like particularly for baseball. Like if you go, we haven't been to a baseball game together yet. We're probably going to go to a World Series game together, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Oh yeah. So uh, I've actually been with uh, some. Some people get a little annoyed at me when, at, at games like that because I'm like doing play by play kind of like this is going to be a fastball outside. He's going to miss on purpose, and then he's going to because I I grew up as a big fan of Greg Maddox. Obviously, that's where I learned. Like he's the what, best. Mad Dog was the best. Yeah, that's that's what I learned uh, when I learned uh, how to play not just two or three at-bats ahead, mm-hmm. but like several games or a year ahead. That's how Maddox did it. Like He's like, this guy's never – we may face them in the playoffs, so I'm not going to show him that inside fastball, that running fastball that, that breaks off the inside of the plate and jams him up. Like, I don't care if he hits a home run right now. I'm not going to show him that pitch because I need it later. Were you a like, pitcher? Yeah. Oh, you were? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Man. Yeah, so I'll call the game, like, pitch for pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my favorite part about going to a baseball game. It really is. The, uh, the, that duel between the, the batter and the, and the pitcher is crazy to me. Every time I go to a game, I'm looking at the scoreboard to see uh, if Moonlight Graham ever pops up. I would love to see that, man. So would uh, I. Uh, and I really want to see big, big field of dreams guy. Myself. I'm a big Joe Jackson fan. Yeah, yeah. I I am too I've, oddly, by the I've, way, and I, I mean that. I'm I, not I loved out. Eight Men Out. I'm a, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, if you believe Eight Men Out, Joe Jackson was some fucking hillbilly retard from the sticks. Yeah, he yeah. couldn't even read, and he put an X on a piece of paper, and then he got banned for life. <laughs> Dude, he hit, didn't he hit like 360 in the World Series? Oh, uh, he that was, he quote unquote threw. Come yeah, on, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, like how the fuck insane. he made no errors. He hit three sixty and he, they banned him for life. He's like, one of the most fascinating players I think uh, that ever lived. Yeah, and, uh, it's a shame what happened to him. Yeah, it is. He P- could have been the same best way. of all time. Pete Rose, same way. I think it's crazy that he's banned for life. Same. I think that's absolutely retarded. Like if you want to bet, as long as you if you're betting on your own team to win, what the fuck, man? No, I know. Like how do you get in trouble for that? It should be mandatory. That yeah, you, bet you on should your have own to team. put your own money on the line for every fucking game. So, what do you see overall in your life? What's what's your biggest dream that you haven't achieved yet? Uh, I don't really think about things like that, to be honest. Um, to me, like I just, owning a company or uh, like. Well, you always want to advance your position a little bit, right? Yeah. Like you want to be more comfortable today than you were yesterday. So that's my goal. But it's to me, it's a journey. I don't really give a shit where I end up. Like if we were in fucking the middle of nowhere right now, I'd still be fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know so the there is no like, uh, hey, I want to own a fucking baseball team, or I want to like mine. I want a private. I want a fucking private jet for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be um, wealthy enough where I didn't have to work anymore. Right? Would you still work even if you yeah, were wealthy? Of course, enough? I would. Yeah. 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 I, I would know I what would, to do with my time. No, I would. I would fucking blow my brains out. Yeah. If I didn't Same. I, I would know what to do with all that fucking time. Like when I go on vacation, some I used to take two week vacations, and that's too much. Ten days is my my max, and that's stretching it. Like, if I go past that, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I, gotta I, get back. I think I've taken one vacation in 20 years, and it's, it was like three or four days. And it was great. Mm-hmm. But even then, I felt like I was there for 30 years. Well, these are like, my Ooh. vacations. Like, you and I go to, like, we, we travel all over the country. Yeah. Going to sporting events. That's that's my vacation yeah. for the most part. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, look, the like hours it's still are, work for us. Right? Oh yeah, the like hours are crazy, and people don't understand that. Where it's no. just like, oh man, they're at the game. Usually we're doing shows. Live yeah, we do shows, two shows and, and then the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. and it's all day, and you're yeah. like, all right, great. Even tonight we're in Las Vegas. We're going to the McGregor fight. We we've, we've got you know four hours worth of interviews lined up yep. beforehand. Uh, we'll get to the fight, probably see maybe two undercards, yeah. and then go to see the fight. But uh, And then we have obligations afterwards yep. to go and meet sponsors and everything else uh, after the fight's over. So, um, yeah, it's it's fun, but it's, it is it is definitely work. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody, the other, like, we've been hearing, um, and this is upsetting to me, and I hopefully it's been cleared up by now, but some people in the Drinking Bros group have been talking about, why, why isn't Matt showing up to this, or why isn't Evan showing up to this? Look, man. Like, these guys have families, and they're working 10, 12 hours every single day. They're traveling all over the country already yeah. trying to make shit happen. Like, I understand. So Black Rifle operates primarily as a media company, just like Red Bull. We're a media company that sells a consumer package good, right? Um, we just happen to have a very high-quality product, so people... The and, coffee's and, great. Yeah, so yeah. We, we get, like, that part of it, the media part of it. People love our content. That's all I'm saying. But the media, the fact that we're a media company and what that requires... Um, gets lost in the shuffle a little bit for the fans, I think. Like, they don't understand what it takes necessarily. And it's not because they're dicks. It's just because they haven't done it before. Yeah. But it's, it's long-ass days, and sometimes it's long nights, too, and weekends. Like, we're, I mean, I'm working... Every, when's the last time you and I haven't worked on a weekend? Uh, I, I, I can't it's tell you. Hour. And then, I mean, because me personally, I do six shows a week. Yeah. Um, which is crazy yeah, uh, my my wife jesse who's on ross patterson revolution with me obviously she edits yeah. all of these shows she's a trooper by the way yeah yeah jesus christ because we've got a one month old but it's the same thing of like evan and matt are busy running one of the biggest companies yeah. on the planet right now we're trying to make it yeah. the biggest company on the planet we have our, our podcast as of this morning is number 12 in the world on yeah. itunes so uh, i'm trying to keep We've we've all made a pact of like, all right, great. We do separate jobs, and you know we're trying to keep the podcast growing yeah, yeah. and make it the biggest thing in the world. So like, all of us are making sacrifices one way or another for the good of all of this because it all funnels back into the same thing of you know Black Rifle, huge podcast, all that stuff. And it's yeah. It's, and if you talk to Evan, the reason I mean, aside from just being an entrepreneur in general and loving coffee and and enjoying making the content, the reason all this shit exists. Is because the the more we do, the more we can help our tribe. Is yes, how he says it. So our, our tribe being veterans, first responders, like minded individuals, and I don't mean politically like minded. I just mean people that fucking enjoy this country and want it to succeed. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't give, yeah, I don't give a fuck what you think politically. Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't care less about that. So, anyways, um, the show is another thing about like, just like that. So, a lot of it started the Drinking Bros concept, and and for some of you who haven't been around as long. Um, one of the reasons the show started was so you never have to drink alone. It's about that. It's about that guy that comes back from a deployment or leaves the military and goes back to his house and he's away from all his friends for the first time in a decade or five years or however long it's been. And he's dealing with those issues that people deal with when they're in that situation. And drinking bros exists so that guy doesn't have to go to a bar by himself or sit in his house and drink. He has friends that understand what he's been through. Yeah. And that's that's what all this is about for us. So it is, and and you know, in particular with with your, your comment about Matt and Evan not being at some of these events, like yeah. we're trying to keep this going as long as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, and well, we, we all want, have different jobs in order to try to make 
the, the podcast succeed, Black Rifle Coffee succeed, and all yeah. that other stuff. So, um, you know, look, trust us. Look, they're our best friends in real life. Yeah. It's not a facade or it's part of the show. Like, No, it's the first company I've worked at where the the whistle goes off at 5 p.m. And instead of everybody going home, we bring out the whiskey and sit around and talk for three hours on our own time. At yeah, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, I've never worked at a place like that before ever. Yeah. And I doubt it'll ever happen again no, for me. I, yeah, probably not. Um, well, look, man, this was fucking unbelievably fascinating. I, I just think you're a great dude and a fascinating individual. Obviously, this is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week. Uh, who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh boy! All right, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Richard Koloth. He's a buddy of mine. I think I told you the story yesterday about uh, the bomb that went off and what happened afterwards. I won't discuss that part, but. Um, yeah, so he got his leg taken off by an EFP in Iraq. Oh man, mid to late 2007. I don't remember what month it was. Uh, but, uh, a couple weeks ago passed away and, uh, you know, just thinking about his family and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, he was a good dude, solid guy, but you know, shit happens. Fuck man. Yeah. He's a good guy. Well, cheers cheers yeah. uh you're a good guy as well my man and uh it's been fun traveling around with you and and uh and getting to know you and doing all yeah. this stuff uh, i appreciate you sitting down for a one-on-one uh today uh where can people find you on instagram and all that stuff uh it's at dan holloway d-a-n-h-o-l-l-a twitter no no twitter i mean i have a twitter account but i i only I use twitter it. i hate it too i only use it to check on black rifle social accounts i've, I've never posted from it or any of that stuff okay don't worry about that. Cool. And then Facebook, you can just find me in all the Drinking Bros groups. Yeah. I'll be trolling you. I, that's my favorite. I, I forgot to mention this before, but one of my favorite things is to troll Drinking Bros. It's so fun. <laughs> it is. Like, we're a bunch of trolls in general. Evan's the biggest troll I've ever met in my goddamn life. Yeah, like, yeah Literally sure. the biggest troll I've ever met oh, in my yeah, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is the thing. He only wants to be rich to troll people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, aside from his... Like being a great dude and his business acumen and just general intelligence, uh, the fact that he's such a giant troll is my favorite thing about him. Yeah, same. Like by far, same that shit. So, anyways, yeah, you'll find me troll. Like, so here's and a good, it's Daniel Holloway. I, for whatever reason, you're using that code name instead of Anthony. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, so if that's you're looking for him on Facebook, yeah. it's Daniel Holloway. No, it's Dan. Uh, is it Dan Holloway? Oh, it's Dan Holloway. Dan Holloway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a good example. Some dude sends us pictures of his dog all the time. If you saw that picture of the golden retriever wearing the black rifle, like hearing protection, yeah, uh, that's him. So funny guy. So he posted that picture one time. I'm like, hey, why did you steal this picture from Black Rifle, asshole? And he goes, no, dude, that's my dog. I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. I'm the VP of market. I'm just fucking with you. That's my favorite thing to do. So fuck all you guys. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Oh, if, man. You, if you hear me say something, I'm probably fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a good shot of it. Uh, this was awesome, man. Yep. For, for, for D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>